Thanks for joining us again. Gentlemen, it's a little bit of John Carpenter tonight, I believe. Never of, enough. Never enough. We might have differing opinions. <laughs> uh, Prince of Darkness from 1987. Okay. But before we get there, what have you guys been watching? Maddie, let's start with you. It's always an interesting list. Give it to us. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, I don't know if you want to hear what I've been listening to and watching. Um, I watched a show on ABC called Starstruck, which is a bit like a comedy drama sort of thing about a girl that uh, falls in love with a, with a with an Indian actor who's, like, world famous. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that one. We watched the, the first episode of The Good Doctor, which is uh, an autistic kid who gets a, an internship as a doctor, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, they're like, he's got autism. He can't work in a hospital. That's like... <laughs> So for a, for a, um for the for the board of directors in a hospital, the, they seem pretty uneducated. It was pretty funny. Watch uh, Atypical, so the new season of that one's coming out. Yeah, which is uh, I think a bit more of the same. It's not too bad. Uh, the the Matt Groening's thing, Dis- Disenchanted. I got back onto the new season of that, which is always funny. That show's great. They just know how to how to put a gag together on that, and it was because I'd finished Rick and Morty, <laughs> which is again. Uh, right in my wheelhouse. I really love it. I watched the first episode of This Is Pop, which is the doco, oh, the, the music, yeah, it, Netflix yeah. music doco, which is all about uh, the first episodes. I just watched the first episode, but it's all about boys to men. Oh. So they're just talking about their rise and how they sort of straddled the line between uh, pop music and still maintain R&B roots. Shit, and I didn't know this the, was out there. Oops, you've got me. It's so good. It, it is so funny. And just they're, they're like having a laugh about it and how they got their first record deal and all this stuff. It's really, really entertaining. Yeah, highly recommend that. I'm going to get back into that one. I also started the doco on John Belushi, oh, which yeah. is on Stan. Oh, yeah. It's called Belushi. Yeah, um, yeah. it's really good, just interesting to see his uh, his rise and, and how everyone just saw him as being the, the superstar and... Which I guess we we don't really get a, a glimpse into that in Australia from uh, from growing up when we did. We obviously missed that whole era of um, Saturday Night Live and and that being a staple. So yeah. it's really interesting to see how they revered him to some extent. Because I saw I, um, I saw that isn't there some comparisons between him and Chris Farley? They not make that. Yeah, burnt burnt out and just got got into the wrong side of life. Yeah, I just think he's such a compelling character, like the. Like Blues Brothers, I'm such a massive fan of, and uh, and even his brother's work, I don't even mind too bad. But, According yeah, to Jim's favourite, Red, Red Heat would have fallen apart without him. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Why do you mention Chris Farley? Because the first time, like obviously Saturday Night Live only came in for me when Foxtel came mm. to Australia, and one of the first sketches I saw was the Chippendales with Patrick Swayze <laughs> and Chris Farley. He's funny. He's funny. So good. <laughs> um, I finished off um, The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. The second season of that very, yeah. very quickly. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for more. It's They've definitely show. upped like, the fan service but managed to do a pretty good job of balancing it with still good storytelling. Just really good and, and even the good cameos as well. And That's yep. really, really good. It's quality viewing. I'm happy to watch that anytime. So, uh, Farmer Wants a Wife, that's been on in the background. <laughs> that show's ridiculous. That can get Isn't there a controversy this season? One of them's not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that legitimate? Yeah, apparently he lives in the city and just I don't know. has a farm on the side. He commutes to a hobby farm. 
Get out of here. Yeah, you can't be on there. Get on there. So they scraped the bottom of the barrel and he was the last, he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Usually, like, you know, they sell the show on, oh, yeah, these blokes are isolated. There's there's not a lot of women for them to meet. This bloke's, he's fucking cheating. This is not allowed. It's not acceptable. False advertising. <laughs> oh, that's that. That's like uh, the random cops who were drafting in the cop draft. Yeah, yeah, set yeah. criteria. That's right. <laughs> Just stick to Tangleberry, it. Tangleberry, high tower, you're in. Yeah. Barman yeah. wants a wife. The criteria is get farmers. <laughs> I mean, don't, <laughs> don't get some bloke you just haven't gone. And they want wives. Don't get somebody who says, I may have been on a farm a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> But quite frankly, yeah. I can't get a woman. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I finished off some quality viewing with uh, some Love Island as well. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know you're dealing with quality people when they're listing the list of characteristics that they want to find in a partner, and one of them is, I just want someone to really smash me in bed. <laughs> 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 Really well, good, isn't that everyone's really good top characteristic? Quality people. That's all I want. Yeah. I just can't. I, I cringe watching that because the one of the dudes on there is a teacher. I'm like, how could you go back to your daily life? Oh, but they're not going to. As an educator. These guys are going to yeah. come sort of C-grade, D-grade celebrities who open, you know, go to nightclub openings. But they're not going to go back You can't make that a career for the rest Some of your life. Some of them are. Some of them like will. Ten minutes and then other ones... Forgotten, sure. Like there's so many of them now that that career path is not all that clear. You're not, <laughs> you're not going to make it last. Yeah, but sure, he's got into he's trying to trying to live a self fulfilling life of educating and on the next generation, like throwing t shirts yeah. on stage or getting vodka sprayed at you is probably not. Yeah, it's not helping well, last for long. Your self esteem. I mean, look at some of these. Who's that dickhead who was around the Kardashians? The husband? Which one? Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I'll narrow it down. He was, he was, Please elaborate. He was married to one of them. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's what he does. That's yeah. a career. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, but unfortunately for him, that's a fucking lucrative career. I know. But, uh, you know, when you're on Love Island, it's not as lucrative. Yeah, surely, surely. Surely. I mean, we, not, we, we'll, we need to get us uh, have a chat with the wives. And, and say, uh, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. all we're looking for is just a Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen, we're going, to, we're going to find some women that will let us smash them in bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're looking for. <laughs> I'm everything you've looked for, love. Yeah. <laughs> As you said, Maddie, you know, when, when there's that many women... We're just multiplying the dissatisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talk a good game. <laughs> Instead of not satisfying one woman, we're not satisfying a number of women. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Look, I'd be horrible on that I'd show. 15 minutes, 15 <laughs> I, I, I minutes, I'd be, be like, I've got nothing to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah, I'd be yeah, done. Yeah. Oh, is so this I'm, gonna, U- I'm going over there. Is this That's the UK, it. Love Island? Yeah, yeah. It's made even worse by all that. Bullshit they go on about about fucking banter and all this sort of crap. <laughs> You've seen it, I see. I have seen it. <laughs> oh, yeah. One guy in the season I saw, he kept crapping on about how he was top shagger and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, 
You see, my my theory on that sort of stuff is if you got to tell everyone you're the top shagger, you're not the top <laughs> shagger. <laughs> also, who's who's you doing the work, um, who's you rating let your work this? Speak for itself. You let your work speak for itself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Be humble. <laughs> That's right. No one be classy. Be classy in victory and defeat. <laughs> <laughs> On national tele, international television. Correct. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, was, was that the end? And then, was that the last one? Then last one, last, yeah, yeah. The, the last one I saw was um, I got onto your shutter and listened, watched some uh, Vicious Fun, which is a uh, yeah. pretty good good comedy slasher sort of movie. It's good fun. Yeah, I might have to check that out. Mm. Um, yeah, so I've, I'm two for two from Shutter. I don't know about... You're two you for two, yeah, but that's only the number of movies that are on there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've run out already. <laughs> okay, uh, is that everything, Matty? Yeah, Father's Day is next on the agenda. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll be uh, two and one after that, I'd say. <laughs> uh, Jared? That's me, thoughts? that's me. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I also uh, watched Vicious Fun. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. As I said to Maddie, when we when we first kicked it off, I thought to myself, "This bloke's going to really annoy me." And then within about five minutes, I was like, "Nah, he's turned me around. He's good. He's yeah, good." Yeah. And then he comes out with a couple of really funny moments throughout the movie. Solid premise. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would I would check that one out again in a heartbeat. I reckon. I got onto uh, and this was because. Again, my son was working his way through some of some of the comic book fair. Mm-hmm. I watched Venom again. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it's it's Tom Hardy is just nuts in it. He's just bonkers. So there's there's definitely entertainment in that, and I will uh, you know I will go and we'll go and watch the uh, watch the next one. <laughs> Adam, obviously, I mentioned to you, I picked up a couple of sets. Yes. And I worked my way through one of them. I believe we put them on uh, Instagram. Yes. And didn't yeah. get a lot of uh, bites. So they- <laughs> oh, look, everyone loved it. Don't you worry. They were just oh, they were absolutely Which frothing one are you working Children through? of the Corn. So I haven't, I haven't started Children of the Corn oh, yet. Yes. I've left that to the side because Psycho, the Psycho box was short and sharp. So, yeah, I worked my way through one to four. Good to go back to number one. Yes. Because, obviously, it's another one of these ones where it's it's – Obviously, we came into it when the landscape had totally changed. Psycho had already impacted everything, so it's hard to see it with the eyes of this was the first one. But it's still it's still an excellent movie. Like, Hitchcock, just, you know, just his direction just, just keeps you in. And Anthony Perkins is top-notch. Mm. So I really enjoyed that one again. But it was really two and three that I was really interested in because I've just never been able to access them anywhere. I couldn't find them anywhere. So... Number two, I very much enjoyed that one. Yeah. That was really good. And I've actually, since then, I've been, you know, digging through a couple of the ranks and reviews and things like that. A lot of people seem to put number two ahead of number one. Hmm. And I don't know whether that's just, you know, in recent recent couple of years that's become the popular opinion. Me, personally, I don't think it's better than number one. No. But it's excellent. It's actually really, really good. And it, it starts to move more more into that slashery sort of stuff. Isn't that directed um, by Australian film? Yeah, yeah, the bloke that did Road Games, yeah. isn't it? Franklin? Yeah. Richard Franklin, is that him? So, yeah, I was very impressed with it. I really, really liked it a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, it. I thought it was a very good take on the material, especially, what, 20-odd years Yeah, well, it's years very later. different, right? It's not just a rehash. It's It brings some very interesting ideas into it. 
and it's funny because I, I watched Bates, Bates Motel, the, the series, before I'd seen either of these ones. Yeah. Actually, two, three, or four. I'd never seen any of them before I watched Bates Motel. So watching it with that in mind, they actually take a lot from it. They actually take a, take some of the ideas about, you know, playing him sympathetically and, and you know, further into the series, they, they definitely take a lot more. But, yeah, I really liked it too. Uh, and I also really liked part three. It's not nowhere near as good as as good as two was, but again, Anthony Perkins is excellent. He's really really good. Again, there's just something about him in those first three where I think he puts puts some really solid performances together. And as we spoke about Adam, two and three have kind of been forgotten a little bit in in some circles. Yeah, didn't, so didn't it was interesting direct three to, as well? He directed three, yeah, and that's I mean that brings a couple of nice touches. It also goes a little bit off in some places. Yeah. But again, they throw some throw some ideas up. Jeff Fay is just I mean, he's so watchable as one of the biggest bloody scumbags I've ever seen. He's everything he does is just laced with scumbaggery, but of course he's got that fucking cheeky charm about him where he's flashing the smile and carrying on. So I yeah, I really enjoyed that one again. Some different ideas. Number four. Not so much. No. Not so much. That was the one that was the TV movie. The idea, again, was interesting that he's calling into a late-night sort of radio program and kind of putting his backstory out there. I was okay with that as a framework for the prequel elements, but the prequel elements were fucking bizarre. Like, Olivia Hussey was just off the off the fucking wall. <laughs> well, she's mum. Um, she's mum, yeah. Huh. So... Uh, but again, I looked at that and I thought, there's actually parts of this that I think Bates Motel probably looked at yeah. and did just far better. Like, if you've seen Bates Motel, Vera Farmiga is just awesome as the mother. And funny you mentioned the good doctor, Maddie. He's Norman Bates in that one, mm. in that series, and he's excellent as well. Mm. So, yeah, I might actually go rewatch the series again now. It might take me some time, but I'll probably work through a few more episodes of that now that I've got this in mind. I noticed the Bates Motel TV movie was on uh, YouTube. So oh. might have to might have to have a quick peek at that. Because that was initially a pilot, wasn't it? For a TV yeah. show, but then it never got anywhere. Yeah. So they just turned it. Yeah, in. so they chucked it chucked it into a TV movie and I from from all accounts, pretty much, you know, the the commonly held opinion is that's the that's the bottom of the series. So you have to check it out. Yeah. I'll check it out. It's the <laughs> asshole of the series, and Jared's yeah. a proctologist when it comes to film. <laughs> But, I mean, YouTube, you've got the luxury of just, you know, you, you, you can just whack it on times two for a couple of minutes just to go, <laughs> just got to work through these things at a bit of pace if they're not worth your time. That was it for me, bar one more. I watched Loki. watched the Loki oh, yeah. series on, on Disney+. Plus. How was it? Really good. Really good. First couple, of, first couple of episodes, I was just kind of like, what's this? Like, what is this? It was just so different and not what I was expecting. But it becomes a really very, um, I mean, it's a really good breakdown of the character, but it also is a very interesting way to explore the timelines and stuff. Mm. And the implications are huge. They're really exciting, but the series itself is fucking fantastic. I mean, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, I could watch them just sit and talk to each other all day. There's a particular character that comes in late in the series that the performance is just mesmerising. The guy is just fantastic. And the worst parts of the series were when they got into got into fights and, and were, you know, on the run and stuff like that. 
I was just kind of like, let's just get back to the, let's just get back to the chat. <laughs> like, it was, it was really, really good. Um, I would highly recommend it if you got any investment in the Marvel. Well, if you got any investment in the Marvel series, you watch it. The MCU, you watch it, but the implications are massive. So yeah, mm-hmm. very good. All right, it's good to hear. I the only thing I watched was I finished off the first season of Whitechapel, which is basically it was a detective series that sort of they, the first season covers a group of detectives in the 2000s who are suddenly seeing the same type of murders for Jack the Ripper, basically being recreated. Mate, mm-hmm. it was fucking awesome. I was really impressed yeah. with it. Good idea. And I managed to track down the second season, which I think is off. They go away from it. The Jack the Ripper stuff was kind of wrapped up in that first season, so it'll be interesting to see how the second season goes. It's obviously the same detectives, but it's looking at a different case perhaps. So that'll be interesting, but it was definitely worth a look. But that was it. Well, it's good. I'll have to check that one out, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was hard to find, but um, I believe uh, if I if I sign up to BritBox... <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I've only, mate, I've only got six. Sure, I've got <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm Ridiculous. hemorrhaging money. But <laughs> I'll trade you I'll trade you for the Children of the Corn series. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, one to seven. That's a lot to work through. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't know if it's a fair trade. <laughs> Stephen King, come on. Oh, yeah. The bloke needs your support. We've spoken about this. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, short of a few dollars. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's take a break. And here's the trailer for 1987's Prince of Darkness. In the most sacred place, in the darkest of night, the most evil force man has ever known is awakening. I've got a message for you. From John Carpenter. No one out there can help us. Director of Halloween. Comes Prince of Darkness. He is here. Prince of Darkness. Rated R. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Prince of Darkness from 1987, written and directed by John Carpenter, who gave us Big Trouble in Little China, and it's produced by Larry Franco, who was a co-producer on Tango and Cash. Uh, it stars. No, it's a good film when he sees one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this will make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Pleasant stars as a priest. Jamison Parker is Brian Marsh. Victor Wong is Professor Professor Howard. B-Rack and Lisa Blount is Catherine Danforth. The budget was $3 million and the box office was $14 million and the film was shot in 30 days. Now, Jared, your thoughts on Prince of Darkness? All right. Look, me and Maddie watched it a couple of weeks ago now, so I'm probably going to forget, <laughs> forget a bit about it, yeah. but uh, just putting it out there. Look, it was really good to get a look at it because I had never seen it. It was one of Carpenter's movies that I just I just hadn't seen for whatever reason. Obviously, in Australia, we got a bit of a re-release of a few of his few of his films on Blu-ray there, so I, I kind of scooped them all up. Yeah. And so yeah, this was the first time I'd gone to it, and there's there's touches of classic Carpenter in there, no doubt. There's things that he does throughout. I mean, there was particular shots where we were sitting next to Maddie here. I was sitting next to Maddie here, and I was just saying that looks just like Halloween, or that looks just like you know, um, 
or, you know, parts of it evoked Escape from New York or something like that. You had the score, which at times was, was kind of classic Carpenter, but then also just kind of overdid it in some parts mm. and, and things like that. So you got these touches, but all in all, I feel like it was a bit of a slog, especially through the middle. And the more I think about the payoff, I feel like it underdelivered. And so I think in, in the end, I probably went at a two and a half. Mm. And I think it was mainly because, yeah, there was a, there was a heap of a heap of touches that I really liked. The some of the tone and the sets and stuff like that were were really foreboding and really kind of put this sort of tone in place that you were really anticipating what was going to happen. But then through the middle, I feel like it got lost. There was sort of so many people involved, and it got lost in this kind of science and religion thing. Mm. So you didn't really know anybody. You didn't really get to know anybody. So by the end of it, people are getting trapped in there. Dennis Dunn was one example. Mm. I really liked him, but by the end of it, when he's trapped in the room, I was sitting there thinking, I barely even seen the bloke in the movie until now. So I think all in all, I landed on a two and a half. Wouldn't mind going back to it. There's, there's definitely things that I would like to check out. There was also a commentary there that I mentioned to Maddie. That might be one that we jump into. Um, but yeah, two and a half for me. All right. Maddie. Um, I liked it a, a lot more than you, Jad. I dug that it had a whole bunch of different aspects and different kinds of movies in there. I liked that they were trying to send you in some different directions. Uh, there's like, there's alien transmissions, and there's uh, you've got that, that whole religion thing going on. There's uh, they're like transcribing um, scripts, so there's a bit of like a like a, an occult thing going on. It goes into like a zombie movies in parts. I, I, I liked it. It was something a bit different. I liked the the pace of it. I liked the imagery, and I love some of the actors in there. Like they're just, I, mm. I thought it was actually really entertaining. And and considering how old it is, is something that you haven't seen since. Maybe because for most people it's rubbish. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but no, for me, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching it. I, I sat on a three and a half. There was parts of it where I was right there. I was thinking, mm. this is really good. Like, yeah. But it was just, yeah, it's sort of dipped out a I little I agree bit. there's parts in there where it does get dragged and, yeah. and stretched and and it fails to invest in some of the characters, but I kind of like that you've got all these little little side stories going on. Interesting. As, as it continues. Mm. So Snake Eyes for you, mate. Yeah, yeah. Snake Eyes. That's right up there with Snake Eyes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm obviously... Uh, well out here because I didn't like this at all. Oh, I, I think yeah. this is this one is somehow been caught up in you know oh we're we're finding we're refinding this one and it's not as bad as everyone made out. No, it's as bad as everyone made out back in nineteen ninety seven. It's shit. It's it's boring. It's it's boring. It's stupid. Like the premise is ridiculous. The fucking devil's a green glob in some bloody down in the basement of a, a church. Come on, John. <laughs> this is it's garbage. I, didn't that. I thought it was cool. The, no, I thought that was interesting. The secret that and it looks cool too. Not the, so you know, much that he was a green glob, but I just like the fact that they had uh, they had sort of what they thought was not trapped, but they were they were kind of protecting the world from the devil for generate. Yeah. <laughs> I actually liked that. I didn't yeah. like that. That makes me want to laugh. <laughs> Only opens from the inside. No, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, this that is Carl Carpenter's way off his Who food. Who constructed that? 
Carpenter's off his food here. His direction's not very good. His dialogue's tragic. I mean, he you can tell that this is where he, he went off. This is where he's the end of his run. Like, this is... This is not good stuff from him at all. Are you telling? Are you trying to tell me that when we jump into vampires, I'm not going to be fucking loving it? You're not. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be loving it. <laughs> I think the bloke, this is where he kind of lost his mojo. Because this is after They Live. Is that correct? No, before. I think this one was before They Live. It was the one before. Was it? Okay, well, yeah. he must have found his mojo briefly with They Live. Because, yeah, I, I really had a, pro, a, a hard time enjoying this at all. And, in fact, they'd play it too straight. They should have played it... They should have been far more, you know, leaning into the absurdity of it all. But it's so straight, and I'm just like, but this entire premise is ridiculous. So I liked how they set it up. Yeah, look, I disagree. I think he's. I think he had the mojo with the directing and whatnot in parts. They're, they're, I felt that that was some of the better stuff. I think the writing possibly let him down, and I think perhaps it was a result of this one being an independent that he didn't have someone to say, "Listen, John, we got to sh- we got to sharpen this up because it's it's a bit boring in the middle. You're getting lost with the the conversations." Because I I felt obviously he had a he had another you know Carpenter doesn't like to make a movie without something to say. So obviously he had these discussions about, you know, the religion and the science and mm. what do you do when every belief you have is challenged, yeah. um, but it's right in front of your eyes and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And I thought the, the the vehicle wasn't necessarily the problem. I, I didn't mind the idea and the concept. The dialogue, I wouldn't say he's off, <laughs> I wouldn't say he's off his food. <laughs> it wasn't, look, I think there was just too much of this, of this you know, the theological conversation versus... Versus, you know, possibly too much, dare I say, possibly too much Donnie Pleasance and um, what's his name, Victor Wong, yeah, yeah. going oh, back and forth. Was, How dare you? That was one of my favourite parts. No, just... I liked portions of that, Yeah, but I felt like sometimes it became too much. And they were almost like, they were almost like easy prey because the fucking devil's out, but they don't know because they're too busy fucking having a debate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, look, Edward Barak at the beginning in his classroom when he's going into the whole conversation about uh, matter and uh, matter has yeah. substance and time and a direction is forget about everything. It's it's in between yeah. the particles. Yeah. I, I was hooked from that. <laughs> yeah. was that straight is, after that. I, I dug it. most of that stuff. That is yeah. John Carpenter on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So what's your rating here? What One and a half. Jesus yeah. Christ. I did. I will, I will not watch this again. Holy shit. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I will. It's not that yeah, bad. Yeah, Johnny, it's Johnny, Johnny let me down here. Oh, John, let God. me down well, here. He can always claim it wasn't him in the writing. Martin Quarterbass. This is another pseudonym. <laughs> Martin Quarterbass is to blame. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, look, that wasn't me. That was Quarterbass. My problem so with it is, I, I would have gone along with it if he'd have been a little more cheeky with it and a little less self, you know. Um, as I said, straight. It was too straight. That's that's caca. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> you've got you've got the devil as a green goo downstairs, and you're not going to play well, with it. What the devil? What I thought, what I was saying was, the devil wasn't a green goo. I thought it was just obstructing something. Well, whatever. <laughs> it was <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that the green goo was a striking it image. Was, just that was stupid. <laughs> Crosses and candles and Jesus Christ! Oh my God! 
John Carpenter. <laughs> it looked like a gateway into another do, world. Do, do you know you know what his next few movies are though? He goes way off now. After this, oh, well, he did this. Then he they did. They live. live. Then which he was did bloody Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness. Well, look, that has a lot of supporters. I was not one of I them. Know, when I know, but this it. has <laughs> supporters too. If you don't like it, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's John Carpenter flick. It feels yeah. like that. This one's just packaged in with a lot. If some of his other, you know, much better but overlooked films like They Live and things like that, like They Live is a good movie and it was overlooked back when it was first made and now it's sort of found some life. But it feels like this mm. one doesn't deserve that kind of love for me. Mm. It's not Big Trouble in Little China. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not. That's another one that was overlooked and it is a fantastic movie. Mm. But no one wanted to see it back in the cinemas. This, <laughs> no one wanted to see it in the cinemas. I understand why. Uh, interesting. Okay, let's get into it. The score is is not great, Carpenter, but it, as always, he has that really cool sort of synth and it, that pulsing sort of stuff, and it it really yeah. works. Apparently, this it was done in twenty four hours. Yeah, that's the way he works, isn't it? Just whips it together on a Casio or something. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Well, no, but yeah, did he, you he always manages... written in twenty four hours. <laughs> he always manages to match it with what he's going for. Yeah, he yeah. always manages to make the music matter and, and and make it kind of drive what he's going for. He also made good use of uh, there was little bursts of choir in there, which I thought yes. felt neatly with that little sort of underground church setting that was going on there. Some Alice Cooper in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. He he is very convincing as a homeless man. <laughs> well, Adam, we had a brief conversation about seeing him performing at the uh, at the NBA finals the other day in a Phoenix jersey. That was good. He looked better in this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He now looks like a seventy-five-year-old homeless man. <laughs> that that the homeless people were kind of creepy. Yes. The way yeah, they I talked like and it kind of had that kind of almost like synthetic vibe, the way they yeah. spoke, and the way they kind of just sort of hung around out the front. Yeah, know, and the lady, the lady with the fucking weird voice as yeah. well. Like yeah. The, the, the crew of them sort of standing around and moving together and this kind of cult-like fashion was, mm. yeah, that was that. That, that was, was a good, good way to contain everything inside the building yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. So it's kind that of, woman with the bug cup is gross. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was... When she comes up and talks to Donnie Pleasant, starts going, thank you for reopening the church. And there's a... <laughs> yeah, I don't, say, don't talk to me. <laughs> he, the church he's a dollar. Sorry. Go away. <laughs> yeah. I actually liked it. I thought, he, I thought he set the tone pretty well in general with the church, the with the credits, conversations though. with... Victor Wong and all that, and and the, yeah, the the credits of going through that whole process where we don't actually hear what we started calling him Father Loomis because essentially it was the same. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Father well, Loomis. That's his, is name that's his name in it. That's his name in it. No, well, in the in just the, says priest. The, I think. In yeah, the he's credited as priest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I think in the script, they reference him. Yeah, but he was he, essentially we didn't hear what he was saying, but we got the sense of what we we got this sense that something was going going fairly wrong. And the way that they kind of, you know, they, they kind of set it up, this bloke's dying and he hands over this mm. key and then we find the mysterious jar of goo in the basement. <laughs> oh, I actually liked that. I yeah. thought it was pretty good. But you've even got, like, nuns coming to the physics class to to let him know. It's that whole religion coming into the science. I, I 
dug it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. The mustache belonging to our main <laughs> character. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a giant caterpillar. It had a tinge of red in it, which, uh, which you know, I thought was... I mean, I, I couldn't tear my eyes off it. He opened up the Playgirl and turned to Tom Selleck and <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that is That's what, what I'm looking that for. That is what I want. Um, that, the moustache was the best thing about the bloke. So. Yeah, um, I believe I believe he um, he he was the star of a long-running uh, s- drama series called Simon and Simon. That's maybe where the mm, mo had uh, come from. I thought you were going to say a long series, uh, a long long-running series of ads uh, about cougar bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't pass himself off for a cougar bourbon <laughs> as, a, as a cougar bourbon spokesman. Stabbing the bloke to death with a bike. Was it a bike? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. inventive stuff. I read about that. Yeah, well, isn't that Alice, something that's in Alice Alice's Cooper. stage well, show he, or something? Yeah, it was in his yeah. stage show. He came to him at WrestleMania. I met John Carpenter at WrestleMania and said, I really want to be in a horror flick. And uh, he said, can I, I steal a bike. a bike trick? I can I can ride to the set on a bike. Ride Only a bike. if I can steal a bike trick. So he got John in a figure four Carpenter. leg lock at WrestleMania and then asked to be in the film. Yeah. Johnny did the flare flop and said, <laughs> yep, no worries. Translated <laughs> into a great career, this one in Wayne's World, the classic. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> There's a couple of nasty deaths in a row there. There's a stabbing with the bike. Then there's the one with the pair of scissors. Yeah, that's nasty, isn't it? the bike's covered in the bugs and stuff. Kaka. Um, I thought that, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I mean by dialogue problems. <laughs> 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 you know, John needed a Deborah Hill or something to be going, no, no, no. I'll rewrite that. But that was a pretty nasty death. Yeah. And I like the fact that it was it was sort of it started it kicked off the kind of trap trapping them in the house and then mm. beginning the sort of the situation inside. Yeah. Did you like that uh, Scully was in it? Scully. Hitchcock and no, Scully it from it was Hitchcock. Hitchcock was it? From, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Which I mean, one was he? He was, he was the, well, the he was already balding, yeah. He looked, once, once we picked it, it was like, yeah, that's definitely him. And as soon as watching it in that context now, he's getting around and we're just sitting there going, well, this is fucking going south, isn't it? He's, he's involved. That was the last he missed out on He was the first one that was killed yeah, by the, the girl. Yeah, he gets his next snap. Yeah, he gets his next snap. But the girl got infected by whatever it was and then then got, got his, yeah, he got his next snap straight after that. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was amusing, and it was kind of funny to see him as a young man. <laughs> There's a couple of, well, as I said, I said Carpenter was not at his peak directorially, but there is a couple of nice shots, especially one involving the woman going to bed, and then it, just behind her you can just see it, sort of out of focus the girl who's infected <clears throat> sort of appears. Um, very yeah, yeah. much, very, very reminiscent of Halloween, but it works in that. I really like that. that yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of bits of, of. There was one in particular that evoked Michael Myers big time when it's a shot down the hallway and the lady that's that's been infected kind of steps into the frame. Yeah. You just see the shoulder step into frame and stuff like that. I felt there was a couple of his, of his sort of classic touches. <laughs> Maybe one of the criticisms might be that we've seen this from him before and he's reusing stuff he's already done, but. 
I still felt it was pretty effective for mm. the most part. But I, I felt he did get some creepy moments out of things that weren't necessarily all that creepy. Just, just you know, the classic someone standing in a corner or whatever. I think he did pretty well to, to wring some effective scares out of him. Mm. Yeah. The guy falling apart and becoming a pile of bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Followed by old mate snapping off a piece of the chair and jamming at his neck. Yeah, that was nasty, wasn't it? Yeah, see, this was the period where the film found a bit of life for me. I mean, I was bored silly yeah. until this this period. <laughs> yeah, and it there was started to scares. Pump, pa- pack on a few things, and I thought, shit, here we go. Yeah, there was there was more scares through that that stretch than I was expecting, to be honest. Mm. Like, you get that, you get. What's her name? Susan has a few... Mm. Cre- I think she's the one that was infected, wasn't she? She has a few creepy moments, like crawling into the bed. Lisa on the keyboard, like typing Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I actually really liked all of that stuff. Coming and up again, the stairs, coming up the stairs, singing the Negro spiritual. Yeah, yeah. That guy was creepy. He was, and he was underused, I felt. I mean, that voice, shit. I could have yeah. listened to it for the whole movie. <laughs> but yeah, him, his laugh as well. Yeah, was and cool. he gives yeah. a laugh where it's kind of like obviously hurt by the fact that he's got a hole in his throat, so it makes this yeah. weird sort of noise, like, yeah, when he laughs. Yeah, there's and, some gurgling and, going yeah, on. Yeah, it, it kind of worked out nicely. And he's like, in parts, he's like almost crying as well. Although, it's, what it's, the fuck was going on with him at the end? It's creepy. Where he's standing in front of the mirror like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think, is that is he trying to open up the gateway to get the tower out? I don't know what he was doing. See, that was... I think I felt so. that was... Maybe that, you need a rewatch out. That, yeah, oh, I don't want to. Get back on it. <laughs> watch it again. <laughs> and then after you finish, watch it with a commentary too. Oh, you know, man. Be more sense of things. Uh, uh, you yeah, blame me, Martin Quarterbass. <laughs> to be honest, that part, that was the part where I was getting a little bit sort of like, is that is that all that we're going to do after he opens the portal? But, yeah, I still felt those those moments were really effective. And I think perhaps that that's why the the – the drop-off at the end, well, I felt like there was a drop-off at the end because all of those other things were were handled quite well, I thought. I also liked, I mentioned it brief, briefly when we were talking about the setup, but that underground, the, the underground um, where they're holding it and there's just mountains of crosses and candles and shit, that looked awesome. Yeah. I thought that was a really, really effective set. And every time they went in there, it felt scary it felt like it was kind of enclosed and and um obviously the the you get the imagery and the symbology of all the crosses so when there's so many of them it kind of ramps up that yeah yeah it's it's it feels like whatever they're doing what dealing with down here is scare the shit out of them yeah so, tapped into tapped into a bit of carry as well and i don't know that's what i was feeling when i was watching it but Hold on. There's so much. It's there's so much light. It's like they're definitely. It's to the point where they're looking for protection. Yeah. 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 So I, I actually, and obviously they used that quite a bit, and I felt that was that was a very very good move going in with the church. I liked the layout of the church. Felt again, but they possibly could have used some of it a little more. But I, yeah, generally I liked the layout of that building and what they did with it. Mm. Mm. I liked um, Dennis Dunn trapped in the room, oh, but not really realising that he's in in trouble. 
until it, the the body turns into the exorcist. <laughs> yeah, the bloke was downright casual for fucking. Well, he's, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Gags. Well, I thought that <laughs> I was a, a problem. Rich doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I found that was a problem <laughs> because he just saw a bloke break a piece of a chair off and jam it in his own throat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's not be casual about this, Dennis. Let's. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. casual for my liking, yeah, but it was. Yeah. Um, it's not time to tell us a joke. His, but I think that fits fit in with his character. He seemed a bit entitled the whole way through. I'm going to let the others dig the hole out and, and I'll, I'll be safe. I thought you would like that, Adam. You were saying you wanted a little bit more cheek from, yeah, from but Martin Quartermass. I need a full <laughs> movie of cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I said I is one of the most underrated directors. I mean, the bloke never got another fucking chance, did he? <laughs> exactly. So I uh, well, most underrated writer in Hollywood. Based on the strength of this, I can see how he missed out on further work. Um, I said I, I didn't particularly like the green sort of goo stuff, but I did actually think the sequence where it's coming out of her mouth and her eyes and just going up onto the roof um, was quite effective. Mm. You know, it was probably the only time I felt like, yeah, like that's actually kind of creepy, that sort of look. Especially how they sort of come down across the pan across the roof, come down, and she's just laying there, and it's just coming out of her at full pelt. I thought that was kind of pretty well done. It's kind of cool that the whole the pool on the roof as well. That was yeah. yeah that now was that you cool. mention it, it was. I really like that. I like the way they kind of did it too. Um, you know, it's obviously done in a certain way. Probably they might have used one of those bloody rotating rooms, Jared, like they did in. In Freddy or something like that, but yeah, it felt like that was yeah. the case. But it looked cool. I mean, I think the idea of that was kind of very cool. I also felt the mirror, the way that they shot the mirror, mm. looked really good. Mm. And then hearing about how they did it, I mean, fuck George George Miller would be proud. <laughs> Apparently, they 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 got one of the fucking cranes and drained the mercury out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Use the mercury as the mirror to shoot with, yeah, and then put it back in. So yeah, yeah. Oh, H and S took yeah, back yeah, seat yeah. that day. But it it looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. It does. Um, I appreciated the the sort of the the technological sort of effort to mm. some of this and the stuff. danger that you're putting. You know, you're really put your putting everyone in, in danger <laughs> to get the job done there, yeah. John. <laughs> Oh, and then John says, "Yeah, when H and S shows up, and John says you're looking for Martin Quartermass. I'll tell him. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about this stuff. <laughs> His name is Mr. Martin Quartermass. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where you could find him. Writer slash O H and S officer <laughs> for this shoot. Fire warden. <laughs> <laughs> My last like was, I think the imagery of the woman." who basically kind of almost like decomposes and the effects involved in a lot of that I thought was quite striking. Yeah, Found a very it looks nice pretty good. There. I thought it was kind of halfway there. I thought it was really creepy, but then there was particular shots where I looked at the face and thought, yeah, not so sure about it. But, yeah, you're right. I think the way that they used it um, in general, the shots that they used it in, it did. It was quite striking. The, Especially the imagery, when and it was pretty Dennis chilling Dunn in a couple of parts. Looking out at it, and yeah. she's changing. <clears throat> Every time he looks back out, you know she's she's looking different, and and she's getting worse and worse. And initially, I just assumed she was just she was just going to you know rot. 
Yeah. But I like the idea that she sort of gets up and sort of gets back involved, I guess, uh, and tries to, you know, the whole daddy thing, reaching through the mirror. Mm. Yep. You didn't like Loomis hiding behind the cabinet? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I've got some problems with Loomis. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> he does a couple of questionable things. Yeah, there, but, but, but um, also acting was. <laughs> no. Yeah, never. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll preface it with I love the man. <laughs> I mean, look, unless, you, unless, you, unless you're saying that that's, you know, if you're bringing up Halloween 5 and talking that sort of stuff, I might hear you. But no. other than that, <laughs> I can't have it. Uh, have you, what else have you guys got? My, my last like was the the... It was the only payoff for that relationship was the girl getting stuck in that liquid with the devil yeah. in the mirror before I, before that. I like you appreciate the, the idea of it, mm. but it's so clumsily handled because their relationship is just bullshit. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the only payoff. Like it's yeah. it's well, it is. It's definitely we'll get into that with the dislikes, I guess. But the but that final image of of his they've had to leave her behind mm. is is. Is pretty with gross. Her kind of reaching out towards yeah. the mirror from inside. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was pretty striking stuff, you know. Again with the OHS, apparently they had her underwater. Oh, did and they? She was, <laughs> and she felt like her life was at risk. That's why he got such a yeah. James Cameron on second unit or something. Like. Yeah. James Cameron's like, going bastard. What you do is you what you do is you put the regulator in upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, um, Ed Harris can breathe underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what he'd be told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ed Harris is Aquaman. Jesus. I right. think maybe uh, perhaps perhaps James Ca- James Cameron was on uh, was on fucking lifeguard duty the day that fucking Jason went swimming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he'll be right. He can swim. <laughs> you can't breathe underwater. What? Nobody <laughs> <laughs> oh, told me that. What, what? Anyone else got any likes? No, that was pretty much it. I mean, I felt like the. In general, the idea of exploring that whole kind of, you know, challenging your beliefs and and the religion and science where both of their beliefs are right and wrong and some of the stuff when Loomis is talking about we lied about what evil was to, to kind of protect everyone and all this sort of shit, they were interesting, interesting mm. concepts. They did get, I felt it did get lost. Mm. In general, I felt again, like we said, Carpenter likes to likes to, and he likes to tell you in no uncertain terms that he doesn't like to watch shit, and his movies are all about yeah, all about something and all that stuff. He doesn't like to watch shit. He just <laughs> likes to make it. <laughs> Based on this, oh John, we should talk. <laughs> I might need to watch this again. I, I didn't hate it anywhere near as much as you did. No, no, I don't. I, I wasn't. I definitely. I was more heading towards your. Sort of positivity look, on it, Maddie, than, than Adam's fucking downright just disgusting. <laughs> no, 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 look, I agree with you. Carpenter's always striving for something, so I'll give him that. In this case, the idea of science and religion and, and the devil and all that is an interesting concept, but it's just really clumsy. He just he ne- he doesn't nail any of it. 
Like, he mm. ne- no, there's not one point where you're saying, yes, he has absolutely nailed that. He, he just doesn't. Like, the movie is extremely boring. Like, extremely boring. Which is not Carpenter's bag. He's... I like a slow build, and he does it well, but you've got to be com- have compelling things to slow build to, I and mean, there is nothing compelling here. I, cr- I cracked up reading the comments on this, and the, someone wrote, you call the name Prince of Darkness, and all we see is a hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't too worried enough. about that. <laughs> but yeah. what I mean is Carpenter does, like, look at the thing, for instance. It is super slow in a sense of its pacing, but it's such a compelling movie because there's such so much interesting shit going on. You can watch the thing any time. This just does not have that. So there's no compelling characters. There's no compelling incidents that occur. There's there's nothing that I look back on this and could say, and I think even his fans couldn't look back on this and say, remember this sequence? I don't think yeah, there's see, anybody. I kind of disagree. I, I feel like, look, it's not the thing. I'm not going to fucking... I, I cannot put an argument together to say that it's it's up there with the thing. And But I just don't feel... I feel like there is touches of classic Carpenter. There's just not as much of it. And I, it gets... It gets I, I feel like it's just not as tight. I, I, I don't agree with you that the writing is just awful, but... There is touches of the dialogue where I'm kind of like, okay, enough of this. Let's let's get something moving. Let's get some plot moving. And he does lose that stuff. But I don't think there's nothing here. I think there's yeah. interesting, interesting enough idea that he's trying to work to. Not totally successful, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's just nothing. I wouldn't. I can see him sitting there going, look, we that that whole conversation between Loomis and and long about what's going on here the anti-matter and anti-christ thing yeah is yeah, sort yeah. of like uh that's what's going on that was the big twist yeah. right in the beginning of the movie to to engage everyone i can see him sitting there going touchdown and you just go no nah, yeah not, and i think that's what that happened it. when you hear well, him talk about think. it he's talking about what he was reading beforehand and the ideas that he was yeah. working with and yeah i think that's exactly right there's parts of it where you're sitting there thinking he's just fucking sitting there Grinning like a pig in yeah. shit about what he's just done. <laughs> I've discussed this with physicists, yeah, and theologians, yeah. and and we're watching the movie going, okay, like, yeah. Um, and there is, yeah. Look, I think there's there is more of that, and it's not it's nowhere near Carpenter's best, but there is. If you're a Carpenter fan, I feel like there's enough here to watch it and get something out of the experience. Mm. Obviously, obviously, no, not, not for you, me. Adam. <laughs> look, I'll put it in baseball. He, he, he probably thought it was a home run and it's just a single. Like, he, he, he doesn't get, to me, even if, I'm sure if I looked around the net, there's always a touch point in, in, in his most underrated films and, and, you know, his classics and everything. There's always a touch point, a classic piece of dialogue or, you know, a, a sequence. So, for instance, you know, the guy exploding in um, Big Trouble in Little China or... In in they live the punch up in the in the alley or the whole I I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm fresh out of bubble gum. I don't think I'd find anything about this where people would go. Here's a sequence that sticks in the mind. In this, film. I actually think it's in some sections. I think it's the other way around. Like I read some stuff about this on the net 
that I felt was overdoing it with the praise. Really? Yeah, I think there's a. I think you. I mean, you look far enough on the internet, you'll find Quite it both easy, ways. But, but I think there was. Yeah, there was a section of there was a, a few things I read from particular outlets that I, I kind of enjoy and and sort of have some feelings that are usually aligned with what they put out there. And there was a couple that were really high on on this. Mm. Obviously, again, not saying it's classic Carpenter, but saying it needs to be re-explored and all this sort of stuff. I'm not quite there. I'm not quite there, but I think I think there's definitely something here. Maybe this is why Carpenter's stuff gets re-looked at, though, because he does at least try to go somewhere interesting, right? Even yeah, in well, his less successful like, pictures, he still manages like, to go somewhere interesting. Well, something like They Live was kind of fondly recalled in in certain circles for a few years there, but now it's kind of like people look at it and say it was how fucking prescient it was and and, yeah. and on the money with its commentary and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, that was another one that I hadn't watched until there was a fair distance from it. I fucking loved that from the get-go. Yeah, I don't know. This is definitely not... It's, it's, I'm not trying to say it's up with his best work, but, uh, yeah, one and a half might be a little just, rough. There's something it. missing for me. It just didn't work at all. Yeah. And even directorial. Just, on a, is this a Snake it. Eyes for you as well? <laughs> Could be. Did you give Snake Eyes a one and a half? So yes, got, I did. We've got a rating scale. It's a Actually, I think I might have given Snake Eyes a one. Somewhere in the middle. Anyway. Look. Dislikes. Kick us off. I love Donald Pleasance. I love him. (laughs) I love Donald. Don't do it to the man. He doesn't deserve it. But his performances at, you know, later in his career, which this would have been, would be considered a bit spotty. (laughs) And I'd say he's a touch up and down here. I mean, there are times where I, I, true, I thoroughly, you know, he, he, he convinced me whatever crap he was spouting. But there are other times where all I could see was Loomis in like part six or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> where he suddenly, you know, how he bursts into a sudden piece of anger. Mate, if yeah. Pleasance if Pleasance was on the pulpit, I'd probably still go to church. Oh yeah, this guy would have me in stitches. <laughs> I was fascinated with his beard. He'd chop yes. the sideburns off. He'd, yes. Yeah. I, I said, I trim those sideburns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I see Spotty Loomis and I, I see him yelling at a fucking child that can't talk and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> like a raving lunatic, you know. He's he's the one that should be in the, in the asylum. That's what I see as spotty Loomis. I felt this was kind of level. I thought his performance was fairly measured. (laughs) 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 Also, um, Wongi was also carving out a small amount of ham as well while he was at it. And I'm not going to lie, if my professor's got that kind of wispy mo that he seems to have... I'm not taking him seriously. <laughs> he looks just like a physicist. I bought him as a world-class physicist instantly. Look, I'll give you the it's a strange casting choice. I mean, because his whole career has been slicing ham. <laughs> Is he the guy from Tremors? Yeah. yeah Who's given us some Swiss yeah, yeah. cheese and some bullets? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know. right on the money there too. Yeah, like he's 
He's a strange casting choice, yes. He's every man. He could do anything. Yeah, I just, <laughs> no, he cannot. I'll give you that. Like, I, I didn't think his performance was that bad, but he's just kind of, you know him for certain roles, and I wouldn't say his acting performance really sort of shook that tag at all. But <laughs> I, I bloody loved him saying, look, guys, if you want some extra credit, come along to the church and don't ask yeah. any questions. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't sound uh, yeah. suspicious at all. That's I'll like, take a uh, C, thanks. That was the best. Yeah, stamp my card. That's a pass. I'm out of here. <laughs> now, my uh, this was this was purely from my amusement, but I, it should have probably been in the likes. But I've got it in dislikes. The way Brian attempts to woo Catherine. Oh. He, immediately, he immediately kicks off with a joke about being a sexist. <laughs> and then she looks yeah. at him like, and he's like, I'm just joking. Then he proceeds <laughs> to give her this sort of, I don't know, I, he, 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 the way he says it is kind of in this kind of like seductive manner. So why don't I come around and teach you how to, <laughs> how to tutor oh. you in something or other? And then he wiggles the moustache and the next thing you know, cut to... Uh, no, that's right. Nothing occurs. I think she blows him off. And then he comes back with, why don't we go for coffee? Cut to, they're in bed together. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> you could have skipped all the bullshit, bro. I'd have just gone, let's go for coffee. I thought the same thing. I'm looking at that going, that that wouldn't work. Sure. <laughs> that's not work. It wouldn't work I for mean, us. <laughs> I mean, she's, turned, she's getting, I mean, she gets one look at him and she goes, Lose the fucking moustache, creep. You fucking... <laughs> you disgust me. <laughs> I can't look at you. Yeah, but it was 87. That was probably still... <laughs> you know, Selick was still man of TV. <laughs> and, and, you know, that... Prime Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah Prime true. Reynolds. Carpenter I had mean, a moustache. I mean, this, the scene where they're in bed, he goes in for a kiss. Oh. And I swear, he's he does, they don't even touch tongues because he can't fucking reach. The moustache <laughs> yeah. is kind of... She recoiled, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. He can't get past the moustache. There's too much of it. Um, His whole performance is a bit stiff. He's shit. I've got to be honest. He is shit. As a leading man, as a leading man. <laughs> I didn't go that far man. with Donald, so shit, you should lay, lay off the boat. No, look, as a leading man, if you want me to be interested in, in spending 90 minutes with this bloke, yeah, don't put him in the rock or don't <laughs> make the character him, essentially. Give him a semblance of a personality. Every time, yeah, every time he came on screen, because that's what you get, and then the rest of the movie is them debating this science and religion. Mm. And so I'm like, this guy's a fuckstick, and we haven't got any, we haven't got anything other than that. So, I yeah, I really hated him. I hated him. <laughs> I still, I didn't hate him at a one and a half level, but no, I didn't, sounds I hated, like you hated him at a half I, level. I hated him at a, at lower than one and a half level, but it was everyone else that kept me at the two and a half range. Um, <laughs> again, I had to laugh. Uh, what's that on your arm? <clears throat> oh, I just got a bruise. I bumped into something. It's the size of a fucking softball. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got something drawn in it? Yeah. yeah Perhaps go to the thing. hospital. It looks like a fucking tattoo. 
<laughs> what do you mean? You bumped Bob Randy. Into something? Yeah. <laughs> what did you bump into? Something hot? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, we've all done that. We've all kind of come up with a with a bruise or mark or something and thought, shit, what have I done there? But not that big. <laughs> <laughs> she must have been diving on the court after basketball. Yeah. yeah. Put it down to that. There's some court burn. I mean, yeah. that's it's a hematoma. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah. go to the hospital. Yeah, Is we that? take you to the hospital. They go, uh, sorry, we're going to amputate. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to come off. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> yeah, that was that was silly. Yeah. That was what did you bump silly. into? The hot water heater. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what did you bump into? I think it was the devil in a jar. That <laughs> led to believe. <laughs> yeah, and when that scene was finished, job was like genius. <laughs> yeah, love it. Definitely a home run there. I reckon he was probably doing that all. He was probably just wandering around a crew members all shoot, just going quarter mass. Absolute genius. <laughs> <laughs> the guys are genius. What do you reckon? Apparently he was asked what quarter mass is doing now and he said he's probably got a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he doesn't have a job. So he, <laughs> 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 he certainly hasn't got any film work. <laughs> Coming back to our mate Dennis Dunn, listen, you've watched people get attacked. There's a woman out there who's clearly possessed. You've seen it. You don't (laughs) sit there and say, normally I like being dominated by women. (laughs) 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 Dickhead. (laughs) Honestly, I'm stopping trying to, um, you know how they were trying to burrow through the wall? As soon as I yeah. hear that, I'm going, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm putting Can't the bricks it. back in place. <laughs> he does not give a crap. He does not want to do any work. Then he, then he pops up with, oh, sorry, Lisa. Yeah, I, I was wrong. You don't look, like, you don't look at all Asian. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some power relationships in this that have aged poorly. Yes, yes, correct. Oh, man, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, yeah, we kind of brought that up previously, but that whole that whole sequence didn't didn't play out all that well. No. Like, it just, there, there was just no sense of urgency yeah. at all. Until and, he panics the fuck out. Of yeah, he starts <laughs> panicking. I mean, that is the worst performance in the film. <laughs> yeah. He starts panicking no, in the room. it's not, it's not. Mustache. It's mustache. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon Susan or whatever her name is that loses the glasses, she becomes stiff as a board. She's yeah. the most boring zombie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Look, there weren't. It wasn't a a, a, a cast of you know seasoned you know people who give you a performance. But then again, they were also weren't given a lot. Yeah. Because you're cutting around. You got so many people to work with. I mean, the fact that Hitchcock. Get some time. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Talk about Joe Smo. Fucking hell. <laughs> Why was he on hand at all? <laughs> I don't know. Was he supposed to be at uni? 
Yeah, yeah oh. he, was already, he was already going bald. <laughs> he looked like the janitor. Was, well, mate, the only believable thing is that he needed extra credit. It's <laughs> 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 a believable, believable reason for someone to be there. But, yeah, it's kind of, you know, we're speaking about the individual characters, but one of the biggest negatives for me was that you just didn't know any of them. Like, you just didn't didn't get a sense of any of the characters for mine. Hmm. I just felt like we're just constantly watching these conversations about the science and the the religion, and, and it just went on and on and on. And then they're all put in danger. And by that mm. point, I'm just like, I don't know who any of them are. I mean, there was mm. points where they were saying, like, I think it was like, where's Susan or something like that. And I was sitting there going, who the fuck's Susan? <laughs> yeah. who, That's what who, half of them were saying about. as well. I think that yeah, was I think there purpose. was a well, who's Susan or whatever. But then there was also, yeah, that later on, I couldn't tell you the name. We, I yeah. mean, we're referring to him as Dennis Dunn because I don't know his name in the yeah. movie. It was the same with him, the, the the guy with the voice that was singing up the stairs. I didn't yeah, know his didn't name. Know Lisa was one of the names I knew. It, like, it, there was just... I didn't know the bloke with the moustache's name, for fuck's sake. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's my problem. Maybe I was mesmerised by the moustache when they were talking about it. But there was just I think so his name much was of that stuff going on. We said they could have had that as a running gag, though. Who's Susan? Yeah, they, yeah. I'm there was an opportunity there. That, that was the one that it was when yeah. she first get, goes missing. Who's Susan? Yeah. Because it was like, yeah, it's, it's almost a recognition of it in the movie... Yeah. But then you're kind of like, so if you know, why did you do it? Because it kind of spoils a lot of what's going on. Because if Quartermass had to cut three or four characters, mm. it probably would have been a tighter film and you could have perhaps got more out of it by building a relationship because the relationship between Mustache and <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, Carolyn or Catherine? Is it Carolyn? It's Carolyn. Mm. It was non-existent. Yeah, you're oh, supposed no. Mustache to Mustache get... and Aqua Girl. <laughs> she was yeah, boring yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it I think it speaks to and again, we we kind of got that brief mention of what Carpenter was kind of reading before he sort of put the ideas together. Sorry, Quartermass was reading before he put the <laughs> ideas together. And I think it shows that he was just totally engaged in those. And as much as he talks about what shit other people make. He just forgot that in in a story, in a film, we need something. Like, we need a story. We need a progression somewhere. <clears throat> and it, I just I felt it got lost and muddled up in all the all the theology and science yeah. that was going on. Because we needed to buy that Mustache and Carolyn were a committed couple and he actually cared about her. So yeah, when she we needed, to buy, that, we needed to buy that a moustache can love. Like, exactly. <laughs> we needed to, we needed to buy that a moustache like that could be in an undergrad course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He could have been teaching the bloody class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, a wealth of experience in that photo. Yeah, we needed to buy like lived. a moustache like that could be a one-woman man. <laughs> because let's face it, he's cut the swath across campus. <laughs> he is cutting a swath. Yeah. So we had to believe that they cared about each other and her sacrifice at the end means something. But yeah. honestly, it didn't hold any weight and had no payoff because yeah, yeah. they didn't know each other. Yeah, and I felt that in those kind of uh. in those kind of conversations between Loomis and, and uh, Victor Wong that you could have you could have developed something there. We could have got a sense of who they were as people, yeah. not what their what their beliefs, beliefs and their teachings were. Yeah. That's all that we yeah. got. 
and I, you know, I understand that that's that's part of what Carpenter was going for. This that, that, that it was very based around that. But even so, I just couldn't. By the end of it, you just get these people that you've heard talk a little bit running around in danger. Mm. I didn't really, I didn't really know, or, or I didn't have an investment in in anyone really. Yeah. yeah. Back with the back with the investment in the relationship between Mustache and what's her name. <laughs> There's a point where they're being chased by demon zombies, and they decide that it's an appropriate time to make out. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. that was so out of place, and it it, it ruined that whole section of the movie. Yeah. I reckon. I, mean, I was supposed to have brains. I mean, we're led to believe. Yeah. I understand he's a virile character. <laughs> that's not the time. <laughs> that's not it. I mean, that was probably the part of the dialogue that was cut. That was like, oh, look, with a mustache like this, I need to stop a kiss <laughs> once every. <time." laughs> well, the thing that I found interesting though about their relationship is when they, they sleep together, and he comes in with the coffee and all that. Mm. And then he, he he talks about. She says, "Let's not say it. Let's not say it until next time, or in three months, or in two years, or whatever." She says it's kind mm. of insinuating that they've you know they've connected here. Yeah. But honestly, the only thing she should be saying to him is, "What is that on your lip?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get know, that like, away from me. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, oh, look at the time. Yeah, look at her wrist that doesn't have a watch on it and go, oh, geez, it's, it's very, very late. I've got to leave. Yeah. And in fact, uh, you know, that, when he got up, when he wakes up and, and she's still asleep and I saw him sort of cougaring out of the bed, <laughs> I was like, he's going to leave her, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to wake up his clothes and see you later. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like it was just, there was nothing there. Yeah. Talking about sparks, there was no fucking, there was not a spark <laughs> at all. They weren't even rubbing two sticks together. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Also, uh, the devil's hound did look a bit Muppet hands-ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very red. Possibly. It looked a know. little bit um, Tim Curry in Legend, sort of. Yeah. That's who was coming through the mercury there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought that was... Mm, yeah, you know, maybe it wasn't the best design form. Admittedly, it was a $3 million budget, so you probably didn't have yeah. much to work with. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I had was, you know, I know she sacrifices herself. Did she really have to tackle her into the mirror? Did she just come up and give her a good hard shove? <laughs> she didn't play that one very well. <laughs> no, because the way I saw it five minutes beforehand, the heroes threw two people out a window at the yeah. same time. Well, I, I looked at it and I said, look, I'm just going for the old drop kick there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm coming in, drop kick, I land just right right in place. Hip and shoulder. Yeah, hip yeah, and shoulder. just a like, good solid hip and shoulder in the back. Yeah. You'll that, get that, that done. That does the job. That does the job. I mean, the devil's um, hand was wrapped around hers. He's taking her in. Yeah, yep. I actually had a... Uh, Slight issue with the whole video dream thing. Mm. Yeah. The collective conscience. I like the way it looked. Yeah, I apparently like they look. apparently they did it on uh, what did they did it on video? They did it on video cameras and then filmed it off the TV to give it the look that they did. Okay. And I thought that was effective. And it look, this might just be that I'm an idiot and I missed all the fucking I didn't read the same books that Martin Quartermass was reading <laughs> before he wrote this. But it just, I was kind of looking at it going, so what the fuck's going on? 
And at the end, when she comes, she comes out the door. I got the sense that I, okay, this is from the other side of the mirror. Yeah, but I didn't really. It was get meant to be some kind of. It was meant to be some alien consciousness going back in time. Well, that's what I, that's what that, I thought. Because they was, were operating on a different time scale. To us yeah, I thought they were coming from a different time frame, whatever. But when she gets kicked through the other side of the glass, I thought. Well, mm. Isn't she just waiting wherever the fucking devil's hanging out? Well, that's what Obviously, it is. Obviously, he's prime in the future. For a, prime that was for a weird. Sequel, that right? was the but devil, if the devil's there, what the fuck? Are, how come people are wandering around with videos out the front of a church? Like, I just yeah. I look. I don't know that 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 part. And I, I freely admit I'm a fucking moron. I, I probably just missed something. Yeah. It's, it, it just twisted my brain in knots, and I thought, well, fuck. I didn't particularly like. It. I, didn't, I didn't like how that played out. But yeah, I just I didn't. What uh, sort of books do you think Martin Quartermass was actually reading? <laughs> Shit that I won't be checking out of the library anytime soon. Not to, the satanic verses. <laughs> <laughs> few other. Bloody... He was talking about. I don't know. It looked like he was. I don't know. Maybe it looked like he was possibly doing some bloody pickling recipes or something. <laughs> by looking at a jar and it just went a little bit haywire. But no, he was talking TNT, about the secret of the ooze. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they they stumbled upon the fucking TGRI labs or whatever. Like, I think he said he was reading. I can't. I can't remember exactly what he was talking about, but it was something in the realm of physics and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, quantum physics, quantum stuff, yeah. physics and shit like that. And I was, it was it, it influenced what he was attempting to go for here. So right, yeah. Don't ask me to explain no, any further. Going. I can talk to you about mustaches, but I'd once like we talk to about speak to John physics, Carpenter about it, though. You would, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'd like to <laughs> say, what sort of shitty were you peddling here? Mate? <laughs> yeah, now, I'm going to say, John, back, mate. Give us, a, give us a couple of questions. What, what are you peppering him with? First question asking? is: You have ragged on a lot of other people's work. <laughs> I'd like to go through the Prince of Darkness with you. <laughs> oh man. Maybe we need to jump straight on uh, in the mouth of madness and really give that a, oh. a fair old well, kind of run through. Will as well. we find in the mouth of madness? Yeah, this was hard to find. I think it's look. I think it's available as more Screaming? available than some of the other ones. Well, definitely. I'm pretty sure um, Scream Factory dropped that one too. So I think it's fairly available. What I'd like to check um, out is actually um, his uh, remake of Village of the Damned. Yeah, I actually remember liking that. I remember I they showed it on they showed it on TV here, not long after it came out over there because was it was a TV movie in the states, wasn't it? I don't think so. No, no, I think it went to the cinemas. Well, it was a TV movie. What about Ghost of Mars? <laughs> uh, Ghost of Mars is where it was one of those ones where. It, I, I just looked at the cover and I thought, I can't do it, John. <laughs> <I just> can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Similar to vampires. Yeah, I have seen. Uh, I have seen the one that he did with Amber Heard. The Ward. Um, the Ward. It was not very good. Yeah, that's the last time he directed a film. <laughs> yeah, probably with good reason. Yeah. I think. What about Memoirs I'd, look, I'd like to see. Him, I'd like to see him come in and come in and sort of put a couple put a couple out there before he. Slips off the dish, but it's, no. I think it'll. I think it'll. Uh, he seems to be more focused on the music now. Yeah, look, and, and touring also, the music and, he's, and cashing he's, in on everyone else's uses of his work. Um, he's also um, perfecting his response when anyone asks, "What do you think of Halloween Kills?" Oh, it's brilliant. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, he's perfecting that response that he's got. Yeah, um, for it's three know, years down the track. Ah, fucking pile of shit. Yeah, you should watch of Prince of Darkness instead. Like <laughs> Prefer Prince of Darkness. I've been reading books on theology. <laughs> Good one, dickhead. <laughs> no, I reckon we need to get on in the mouth of madness because my recollection is, I think I watched it probably ten to twelve years ago. And I was fucking stumped from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> so probably should be a good watch. <laughs> probably need to have another look at that one. <laughs> yeah, just sort of capping off this one. But when I hear that John Carpenter or Martin Quartermass or whoever was involved with this has been reading theology books to prepare this film, I wish that he couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> Like, honestly. Well, I don't think it wasn't the preparation for the film. It, well, I believe it was just he was just reading this stuff. So so it was so then it just when we go into the crapper and read articles on our phone, he was reading theology <laughs> yeah. books in the dungeon. Yeah. Oh, if I, if I, obviously, if I put a picture together, it's going to be some, some fucking top ten stupidest, <laughs> <laughs> stupidest horror movie characters or something, <laughs> something like that. But, yeah, that's, that's not what he reads when he... When he you know, when he gets in when the When he breaks there. one off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that it? Is that everything? Yeah, I think that's pretty much covered it until we, you know, re- uh, reconvene for Mouth of Madness Mouth shortly. Of madness. All right, well, look, I'm more than happy to do that, but I do want to do Bulletproof with Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have a bit of fun after this. You're waiting for Busey to turn up at your mother's mother's house and set fire in her panties. <laughs> <laughs> he just knew me to the word bushfire. Good on you, Gary. Well, I hope that he's in that movie because he's buttonwood as well. But wherever it is, oh. we need to find <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, we we have to do bulletproof. Yes, yeah. Done. Considering it's on YouTube, let's make yep. the most of it. Okay. All right. So that was the <laughs> Prince of Darkness. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrillme Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Uh, we're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. As I said before, bulletproof should be the next one on the agenda. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or contact us at Thrill Me or one word or lowercase at iinet.net.au